Hey, welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we talk about truths of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi. I'm the pastor to men and single adults at First Baptist O'Fallon, and I am joined by Bryce McGuire, our student pastor. Heyo. And Josh Rink, our kids live pastor. Hello, hello. And I didn't mess you all up this week. I, Not this week. I let you uh, get one. your your uh, fancy hello out there, so... You're welcome, guys. I feel I feel like I got the intention. That's good. Thank you. So we are entering the very last week of our. uh, It's been a six week emphasis, a church wide emphasis, where uh, we call it "This Is Us," and it's a study that just kind of tries to tell people what our church is about. So we're saying, "This is us. This is what we believe, uh, and who we are, and how we approach going Mm -hmm. to church. Why? Why do we meet? What makes us distinct?" So we started off talking about our church vision that we exist to glorify God and do His will. And we believe that um, corporately as a church, meaning our church as a whole, but we also believe that that is really the purpose of all humans. Um, So if someone's uh, listening today, then we believe that is the meaning of life. That's the purpose for your life, that you were created to glorify God and do His will. And so then as a church, though, we carry that out in different ways. And so what we've covered so far is value one was that we are God-centered. We want to live God-centered with our life and um, and as a church be God-centered. And value two, that we're Bible-based. Value three was that we're purpose-guided. Value four is outward-focused. And you can listen to all those past podcasts um, and, and then even past sermons from Pastor Doug where he spoke on this. Uh, but then this week, the the last week of it is that we are small group oriented. So, um, kind of one of the distinctions of our church and and churches like us is that um, we don't just have a a corporate worship service. Mm-hmm. We have small groups. We break up into small groups that we actually call life groups. Um, and, and you know, there's lots of different names out there. Some mm-hmm. churches call life groups ones that meet at homes, and we have some of those. But we have predominantly we have at church on Sunday morning small groups that we call life groups, and and our life groups um, are an acrostic. Uh, the L-I-F-E means stuff, and it's it's the functions of the church that we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but we want it to be more than just a, a little time together. We, we want them to be um, highly impactful times. And so that's, that's where we're going to start, is talking about the impact, because um, there may be some people listening who... Um, have never joined a small group, and so we kind of want them to know why. Why would out of all the things where we say this is us, mm-hmm. why would we mention that we are small group oriented? So uh, let's start out with that, and I'm going to start with you, Bryson. How can small groups impact the life of a believer? Yeah, I think when we're a part of a small group, again, whatever that is, you call it or your church calls it. Um, I think it really is is a way that we fulfill our purpose because when we look back at Genesis chapter one and two. Um, what we really learn is that we were created for community, that God has designed us and instilled into us this idea of relationship and community. So one, you see in Genesis 1, 27, I think I'm kind of bad at references sometimes, but I'm pretty sure it's Genesis 1, 27, right? It says, but we were made in the image of God. And so we're a reflection of who God is, not that God has like fingers and toes and, you know, has a human body right. like us. Um, and so you got God who exists in perfect relationship, right, with himself. You got God three in one, three persons in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So we're intended to reflect in, in some ways that that relationship with others. And then you look at Genesis 2, 
where Adam is in the garden. So God's like created Adam. He's by himself. And God looks, and it's the only time that God says that something's not good in all of creation. It says it's not good that man is alone. Mm-hmm. And so he 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 creates woman, he creates Eve. And mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, the passage is talking about the the relationships, male and female, um, relationships, marriage, you know, procreation, that kind of stuff. But in a much broader sense, you know, it is the idea of having a relationship with another human. Because, see, what's what's kind of crazy, if we think about this, is that Adam had a relationship before Eve. He had a relationship with God. And so it wasn't that he was truly alone, alone. I mean, he was surrounded by animals and creation, and, like, he had a relationship with God. It was that he didn't have someone like himself. Hmm. And so that's what was not good, that he didn't have someone who was compatible with him. And so... In the same way as Christians, we were created for community. We were created to have a relationship. And I think that's what speaks so much. So when we get involved in a small group, how can it impact the life of a believer? I think it really ultimately helps us fulfill how we were designed, how we were created, and the purpose that God has given us in life. That's good. A lot of stuff there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thinking about the image of God in which we're created, and you're right, it's not like a like his um, appearance. Mm -hmm. It's it's all the attributes that. that make us who we are, mm-hmm. that are that are good, right? Uh, intellect and, mm-hmm. and love and things like that. And one thing to know about God is he is a relational God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that even from the fact that he sent Jesus uh, to this world to die for us so that we could be saved from our sins Absolutely. and have a relationship with him. He's a relational God. Mm-hmm. And so that, you're right. Small groups are, are one way that we help draw people into some closer relationships. Mm-hmm. Even the most introverted person out there, they need relationships. They may not yep. think they do, but they do. Yep. They need it. And it may be <laughs> they need relationships to to help them uh, out of some uh, some tendencies to alienate and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes just being around people can can help that and help mm-hmm. us be less selfish and things like Absolutely. that. So good stuff. What about you, Josh? What thoughts do you have? How can small groups impact the life of a believer? Yeah, I, I will just build on what Bryson said. Um, you know, there there is a craving for it. Mm. You know, at, at the time we're recording this, so depending on when you're listening, you know, we are we have been coming out of a pandemic season. You know, we hope we're coming out. We of hope it. we're coming it's out. About, of yeah, it's it. been about a year since um, like it's first started. So since it started, so just with the timeline, but with um, with that, you know, we had to adjust church. I mean, so there's a time that we had to stop doing as we were doing. And something that we picked up real quick, especially as pastoral staff, is we just heard the outcry from our people that, you know, I'm glad we can still do stuff online and I'm glad that we moved forward. It was just differently, but it was like, oh man, but I missed the, I missed the coming together. I missed, right. I missed the pew. I missed the seat, but I really, really, really miss being around these, the, our life group. Mm-hmm. Like we just miss it. Mm. And, and, and so we just saw the craving and even those who had just missed out, you know, if busyness, you know, had gotten in the way, it was like, oh, yeah, I, I need this. And it was just this. I need it because it was the tower wired. Yep. And I think to build on what what it was is I think, too, I think what people really want to I think they need the community, but I think they love it, too, because they want authentic community. Right. We can sit in a room and be together, mm-hmm. right? But you you want the authenticity, meaning that we crave 
when we're just real with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we get a chance to really talk about the hard things, you know, we can carry surface level conversations, but in that only carries so far, mm-hmm. right? But what, when we start getting into each other's lives and, you know, w- w- with boldness to speak up about the hard things, you know, I think about an instance where I was in a small group and someone um, mentioned they were getting a divorce and it just shocked, you know, the group. And it was like this, but it was also the, but you talk about when that happened, then all of a sudden about, I need prayer for my marriage because somebody took the step and it was an authentic. So statement. everybody else started opening up. So everybody started to open up mm. and started to bear the ugly side, like the wounds, you know, we got to see the scars and you just saw the dynamic of the group change. Mm-hmm. And it was all of a sudden, it didn't feel like this is just this thing we do where we open up the scriptures. No, we, we are like showing our weaknesses. Yeah. Living life together. Exactly. Yep. And life can be ugly. Yep. You know, that is the effects of sin. So we need that, you know, and the the reason we need that is to show that like you know, Galatians 6, 2, you know, we bear one another's burdens. And even just as a narrative in Exodus 17, when Moses, you know, the Moses, he had to put his arms up, mm-hmm. you know, and as long as he had those arms up, you know, we, we saw victory. But, I mean, if you've ever just stood and held your arms up for a certain <laughs> amount of time, you know what that feels like. You get I tired. basic training. It was awful. <laughs> and, Sorry, go ahead. And, you know, and then, um, you know, um, who I don't have the scripture in front of me, but, you know, the brothers that were with him, when the arms started to come down, they, they ran and they put the rocks under it and they were physically holding up his arms. Yeah. We need that in our lives because we're going to get tired. Yep. Things are going to be heavy, and we need that in our lives. So we have to be authentic. We need community, but, man, we need it to be authentic, the real deal, and show our weakness. That's a good word. Now, somebody out there may be listening and uh, a little nervous about that because they don't want to open up, right? Um, But relationships don't start there. Mm -hmm. They don't start with me, hey, my name is Obi, and here's the most personal thing that uh, you'd ever want to know about me. You don't start there. It would be an interesting way to start a conversation. (laughs) Right, it would be. Uh, People would rightly be like, whoa, uh, maybe a little too quick there, buddy. Um, But you you want to build toward that, right? Yeah. Um, and and relationship, relationships in these small groups don't end there or end up, end up there without taking some first steps. I remember when I first came here to First Baptist O'Fallon, I think it was 2004 or five, and, um, and we were in this life group. This is, I wasn't a pastor at the time. I was uh, a life group attendee, and we had this lady in our class who were near military base, and she said something like, I kind of feel like we're just waiting to leave. We're not getting close to mm-hmm. anyone. And so we as a life group started to intentionally have some extra out-of-church um, out gatherings and meetings together. Yeah. And to this day, some of those are my best friends. Yeah. Like, like I've talked to them now these 15 years later, mm-hmm. uh, just text them last week, right? Um, and so it didn't start out is the ideal, right? right? It didn't start out with that authenticity that Josh is talking about. It, it had to build there. Yeah. You have to grow toward that. Yep. So I want to mention, um, so the question again, again is, how can small groups impact the life of a believer? And first, I just want to talk about the biblicalness of it. If you look at just the ministry of Jesus, he spoke to thousands, mm-hmm. but then he had his 12, and then he even had his three, 
right? And this isn't to say that uh, we promote clicks, right? We're not <laughs> saying that with small groups. But what we are saying is that you are naturally going to um, group with people, right? It's a natural mm. human thing. And especially if we want some intentional relationships, which is exactly what Jesus did with his 12 disciples, is these weren't just ones he was going to speak to occasionally. These are ones he was going to invest in to launch out into ministry in the world. Yep. And then he had his three, Peter, James, and John, who he grew even closer to that that there's just a special kinship, a special bond there. And that's the type of thing that we seek yep. in small groups is these intentional relationships, these closeness. And so uh, if you do any studying about small groups and small group philosophy, things like that, and and we say, well, why should we be small group oriented? Um, a lot of the ex experts, especially uh, Southern Baptist uh, style or type experts, We'll talk about Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Now, I won't read the whole thing because we've read it in past weeks and, and some of the curriculum has been on it, uh, covered that. But there's five functions of the church listed in there. And I'll just say them in verse 42, it's the apostles' teaching and then fellowship. In verse 45, it talks about um, how people sold their possessions to give to those who had need. In verse 47, you see uh, that people were praising God and, and things like that. And then also in verse 47, that they were adding to their numbers. So you have the five functions of the church, which uh, I mentioned before. Remember, I said the acronym FUSE, um, F. Um, E-E-W-S, so fellowship, education, evangelism, worship, and then service, and you could say service or ministry, however you want to say that. So four out of the five are best done in small groups. Uh, worship, obviously, corporate worship is a little easier done in corporate worship, although not impossible in small groups either. Right. Um, but in small groups, we can do those fellowship, evangelism, education, and service. And that's what we as a church have chosen as our model is to say, this is how we'll minister to people, how we'll grow people, how we'll fellowship, mm -hmm. how we'll dig deeper into God's Word. Um, so, man, it can make a significant impact because what church is supposed to be these five functions, how we're supposed to help people grow, four out of the five are best done yeah. in small groups. Anything to add on that one, guys? Good? Mm -hmm. All right, so here's the next question I want to ask. Uh, I just want to talk about um, our church specifically. Why is being in a small group important in our church? And so, uh, Josh, I think we're starting with you. What, what thoughts do you have on that? You know, if you're going to be in our church, like at FBCO, I mean, we... <laughs> You, it's been neat. I've only been here for two years, you know, so when I think through, when I meet in the kids area, especially what we call the Kids Life Center, I'm thinking, this is at one point was the worship center. Hmm. Like, this is it. And it's obviously changed mm -hmm. a lot because it's been redesigned and reformatted to fit the needs of now. But, you know, when I think through the history, you know, to see over the last... 25 years, even beyond Pastor Doug, you know, and his, the you know, the legacies of other pastors and then what we've seen with Pastor Doug to say that's what we started with mm -hmm. and then to even walk through our campus now, you know, it's, it's just been awesome to see as we've added buildings and spaces and that was for growth, you know, right. that we did. Um, and if you're familiar with our church, if you've tuned into sermons online and if you've come to our church and in a life group itself, you know that that's very important to us. Mm -hmm. You don't usually can be here for a Sunday and not hear life groups talked about. Yeah. Um, so that that is a big deal for us, but there's a reason it is. 
you know, when we when you get to churches of like our size and up, and it doesn't matter, you could be at a hundred person church um, to see here. It's easy just to feel like I'm a face or a number. That's right. Um, and just I'm just another person. That is that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just be a number. Don't just be attendee number six hundred thirteen. Like, and you have your space in your pew. That is not what you're designed to be. You're made with a unique uniqueness and a, and a purpose. Mm. So don't be a number. Be a part of a group. You know that is one reason why our church, why the church can grow both physically and spiritually, the deep and wide, mm-hmm. is we actually grow bigger by getting smaller. And that that's what we do with our groups. We can you're going to come in, be a part of a community. You whether you know it now or not, you have something you can bring to the group. Mm. Introvert, extrovert, extrovert, any of the gifts, you know, that are mentioned in scripture can all come to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, so for us, you know, this is one language that we try to be and I'm very strict about it and I will you know, even in staff meetings, I'm sure people like get annoyed because when it comes up, like we don't do kids care. Like I'm, I'm a kids pastor. I very specifically say we have times where we do do kids care, but Sunday morning is not kids care. Like we are a kids ministry. Therefore, in all of our age groups represented here at this table, we are Sunday mornings are life groups. Mm-hmm. So I'm very specifically to say even the nursery time is life groups. It's a little different. <laughs> you know, because we have to start at basic levels, but we build on this because I want that language to be good to say, we want you to come here. We want you to be real mm-hmm. and we want you to grow and you have a name <laughs> and God, you know, your parents gave you that name and in this name that you could have your name written in the book of life in heaven, you know, like it is important. So we want you to grow. So why, why is it being important? you know, in an important group because it allows you to know your purpose, mm-hmm. to know that you can take your gifts, that you can go and serve the church. You know, I, I'll receive a group of volunteers as well who sacrifice time away from a life group or a corporate. So we build community in this as well. Yeah. You know, you have to have this mm-hmm. to be the individual that God made you to be. There's definitely that risk. Um, I think, I think of being a number in a crowd and I think of years ago where, um, there was a guy and his wife that came into our church and um, I didn't recognize them. Again, this was a time where I was not a pastor on staff. I, I, may, I may have been a life group teacher by this time. Um, I don't remember which of us said or introduced ourselves, um, but they had kind of just come in and um, they may have not have gotten connected at all, just came to church and that might have been it. But one of us introduced ourselves. I really can't remember which, but I had noted that they were brand new. And that guy ended up becoming such an instrumental part of our life group until he uh, moved to a different base because he was military. Um, but, but man, it, it made our time mm-hmm. here in church better. We were enriched by each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this one time where he came. I had uh, had this house that I was remodeling, and he came on his birthday to help me. Hmm. And I didn't know it was his birthday. And I actually, I don't even think I like asked for help. He was just a buddy that if I was working, he was going to work with me. Yeah. And so just a really cool guy. But there was a moment where he was just a face in the crowd, right? Yeah. yeah. And then he connected and came to life group and, man, became good friends. So really cool. What about you, Bryson? Uh, why is being in a small group important to our in our church? Yeah, and I think in our church, 
specifically, you know, it, if you want to reach the millennial and Gen Z generation, and that's not to discount any other generation. We're not saying we don't want to reach all people, but you know, right at the moment, millennial and Gen Z combined are the largest, largest group demographic in our, in our, in our society, in our country right now. And I say that because the, one of the greatest felt needs in these generations is actually community. And the thing is, is we live in a culture where you're going to find community somewhere. I mean, like, I mean, there's think about all of these different groups that they, they maybe were, I don't even know what else to call them, but they, they were people who identified in, in with a very similar thing. And now they're called communities. Mm. And mm. it's this idea of people are looking for people that they can belong to, that they can connect with, that they can be a part of something. And so if you, if the church doesn't do it, then they're going to find it somewhere else. I always tell right. students, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a youth pastor, and so I tell students, like, you, if you don't have community here at the church, you're going to find it, like, you're going to find it in band. You're going to find it in drama. You're going to find it in sports. You're going to find it somewhere because it is such a felt need. That's right. And it, and it means so much to us. And um, But I, I think about, you know, even for myself, like, um, how a small group really changed my life. So uh, about halfway through high school, my family had switched churches. And I, I always struggled with, never really felt like I was a part of a group in high school. I, I really wasn't like a popular kid, but I really wasn't like a kid on the outskirts. I, I kind of had friends, but I just never really felt like I belonged anywhere. And so I came from a church where the youth group was 10 students, and I don't judge small youth groups. Um, the reason I say 10 students is because nine of those students were girls. And so I was the only guy in this youth group. And so I often, you know, even at church felt alone. So my family moved churches for just a myriad of reasons I won't even get into. And that very first Sunday we ever did, because they did, you know, they call them small groups on a Sunday morning. And there's this group of like three or four guys who just came up to me. They're all my age. And they're just like, hey, and they just like, they talked with me. They asked me questions. They got to know me. And they're like, hey, we're, we're hanging out tonight. Like, do you want to come with us? Like, I'm like joking. Like I always joke with students. I'm like, you know, that's scary. Cause like I could have been a serial killer and they had no idea, you know, <laughs> but like literally within five minutes of knowing me and meeting me, they invited me and they brought me into their group. And this was my, cool. this was my Sunday morning small group. Mm. And to this day, those three guys I would consider are some of my best friends. That's awesome. And so it, it, it is important um, because I think that a small group can, genuinely change the direction of someone's life. Absolutely. So uh, I just wanted to add on this, that thought, and I think it's very telling that, you know, we're not just pastors who are trying to promote something that um, isn't actually important, but we, hey, that's the good Christian thing to do, but we've been impacted by it. So you say that um, you have some friends to this day that mm -hmm. are from a small group type uh, gathering, and me too. Um, just last week, I sent a text message to two guys that I consider um, two of my best friends that I'll probably ever have in life. Mm -hmm. And they came from the very first life group that I was here yeah. uh, when I was here years ago. Um, and so a, a statistic, and I'm probably going to, uh, I'm probably quoting it wrong, but um, if people go to Lifeway, the, the publisher that's associated with Southern Baptist Convention, um, they say something like 90, a person is 95% more likely to stay part of a church mm. in five years if they're part of a small group. Wow. And we could think of reasons behind that, right? Yeah. If I just come to church, then, you know, I hear a sermon and worship and things like that, but there's nothing connecting me. Yeah. Right. 
but we connect to people. And so you all mentioned relationships and, and the need to build those. And, and Bryson, you started off talking about that God designed us for relationships. And it's true. And it's true even in non-Christian people. Uh, so mentioning the younger generations right now, right? Um, I think of the gaming community. Mm-hmm. There's a whole yeah, app. That's a good example that's right great, there. Yeah. yeah. A whole app called Discord, right? Yep. Yep. You'll have people that ha- have entire servers yep. of just people that are looking to hang out with other people that have some like interests. Mm-hmm. I think of uh, not that generation, but um, every every week on Thursday night after I drive home from our single young adult night, um, I drive home and I drive by a bar. Mm. And I think for, before I get to the bar, I think, uh, not get to the bar, before I drive past the bar. <laughs> oh, man, I just Thanks got for myself fired. Live on I was going to ask, <laughs> right. but... Before I drive past the bar, though, I'm thinking, um, you know, it's late. I'm a little older. I'm at the time of this recording. I'm 37, and and uh, a lot of times the young singles are happy to be there till midnight or later when I finally kick them out. Um, but but I, I'm thinking, man, that's you know that's pretty late. But what were they seeking? Community. And then I drive past this bar, and mm-hmm. it's still open. What are they seeking? Right now, yeah. they may be yeah. seeking other things too. But they're hanging out at a bar for a reason, right? A person can go drink at home. Right. They're there for some community. Right. And and so people can get community in all sorts of unhealthy places. But we we obviously believe that those unhealthy places are bad for them. But it's a reality that people need community. Yep. People need it whether or not they think they need it. And so we want them to connect to people, to grow with people, to to do the ugliness of life together with people because they're going to have difficult times. They're going to need a support system. And I'd rather their support system be a bunch of Christians who love them in Christ rather than going to a bar or or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, To have that that faith connection and the people connection, Mm -hmm. both. That's That's good. good. And then staying connected to a church. If if you're 95% more likely to be in church five years later, man, you need church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need you need God's word, God's people in your life. And so if there's something that will make you more connected to a church, which of course is the people, um, then man, it, it should be a part of everybody's life. And so yep. I think we all agree. We just implore people to be part of small groups. Uh, if, if you're in our area, we'd love for you to come try ours out. But but if you're not, then Go to a go to a different church, a church in your area, Bible believing church that uh, we've given you some principles of that we think a church should have. Mm-hmm. Look for ones like that, and and one that has good small groups. Well, guys, any other thoughts on this topic? Yeah, I do. Um, and I really just as we were talking through this, it made me think. And I'm, so I'm actually going to kick this back with actually two questions to you guys. So I'll be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Spontaneous throw to questions. Yeah, this is not in the notes. Okay, okay? so we'll get ready to uh, have awkward pauses. <laughs> and Jacob will get his editing buttons ready uh, to delete this if if you stump us. Go ahead, sir. All right. So it, it this sh- this shouldn't stump because we are an FBCO podcast. You know, so I think it'd be good for us to talk about our church. So because mm. there could be an individual who's listening who's just. You're not connected, but you're like, man, I want to be because that sounds awesome, right? I like the how and I like the why. So it comes down to the what. So part one is, is if someone is listening to this and they're like, okay, I want to be a part of a small group. What do I do next? And then two is what should it feel like for me as a new person to the group? What should I expect when I walk into a small group? Good stuff. So you're kicking it to me, right? I'm kicking it to you. All right. So, so how to become part of a small group? So there's 
There's a couple ways. One, you could just go to our website, fbcofallon.org, which I say at That's the end of fbcofallon.org. <laughs> uh, we laugh because they uh, every time, every time at the end of the podcast when I read that, because I want to make sure people have the information. They're there mocking me, so I have to push through. But yes, yeah, someone could go to our website, fbcofallon.org, and uh, they could go to our adult ministry sections. And if you're an adult, uh, obviously we have them for students and and kids as well. But they could find it that way. Um, they could just click a, a contact us segment of the of the website and ask mm-hmm. that question. They could also just show up here. If you just show up here uh, to church, then we'd be happy to point you in the direction. So you could go to our welcome desk or you could go to our connection desk. Mm-hmm. Or you could go to any of the desks you see that has a worker behind it and just say, hey, I want to go to a life group and we'd love to connect you uh, to it. So, so those are some easy ways. We even uh, recently at the time of this recording have started an online only life group. That's true. And so that's another way. So again, just use those avenues that I just mentioned our website, um, and, and you can. We will connect you. Just ask the question. We'll connect you. Uh, part two, of your question is what to expect, right? When a person goes into a life group, of course that'll depend what age, right? If I right. went to a student life group, it'll look a little different. If I went right. to a, um, you know, if I'm a ten year old kid and go to a, one of Josh's kids' life uh, life groups, maybe a little different. Hopefully, uh, my kids are behaving in there. Um, but if not, then Josh will tell me. But but if you're an adult listening and you're going to go to an adult life group. What you should expect is um, that there's going to be um, obviously people there, but it's going to be a, a variety of people. Now we do uh, we do segment some by ages or demographics, um, uh, like if they're married or single. Um, but we also have multi generational groups that have married, single, and and all sorts of age range. Um, so you can expect that, and we kind of encourage people to fish around if mm-hmm. like find the one that that fits you um so you'll you'll get that but then there's gonna be a little time of just uh talking beforehand where you're getting to know people don't expect that you're gonna be the only new person there a lot of times you know if we walk into a, a room we think we're the only new person there whereas usually we're not i tell people that every week at our um single young adult night uh is that you feel like you're the only new one. You're not, I promise you. Um, so if someone else seems shy, maybe it's because they're new too. Mm-hmm. Introduce yourself to them. So you'll have that, and then we'll have a time of prayer usually, and then a Bible study, and uh, you may hear some announcements and and get-togethers, things like that. It's supposed to be a more laid-back um talk about things. A lot of our teachers are, are question-driven. We do have a few that uh, do kind of a lecture style, but most of them are question-driven. So they're, they're going to ask questions. People aren't expected to talk if you don't want to. But then there's some people listening who say, oh yeah, I love to talk. I'd, you know, I'd like to go to do that. But then there's people who are more quiet that they don't want to do the talking. So um, you don't have to. There'll be other people in there mm-hmm. that can carry the conversation. And then when it comes to a time where you're comfortable enough and you're like, okay, I do want to talk, then then there'll be those opportunities. So so really it's supposed to be kind of a laid back yeah. way to get to know people, study the Bible, uh, do life together. So awesome. is that anything? All I would add to that is you talk about expecting. The only other thing I would add is you can expect that these people will care about you outside of that's one right. hour on a Sunday morning. Right. Yes. That's good. Like, you know, we call them life groups because, well, there's the acronym, but, um, but the idea is, is that this is, this is a group that you do life with and life is, is more than just one hour on a yeah. Sunday morning. And so, and again, every group has kind of a different culture, they right? Do. Like, right. you know, some, some are more lecture based, some are more discussion based and some are um, larger, some are smaller. Absolutely. And some, some enjoy, 
doing different things and how they hang out. And so that's kind of the beauty of the church, though, is it doesn't have to be all the same. We get to be yep. unique and different. But, you know, there are people who, you know, when you have a, a baby or when you have a, a parent who's in the hospital and sick um, or, you know, your family's just going through something, you know, they're going to they're going to put together meals for you. They're going to pray for you. Um, they're going to they're going to encourage you and be there for you. And, you know, and again, I think there always has to be grace. No, no group is perfect. Um, you know, but in order to, I think, be a part of that participation, you do have to be present. Um, but I think That's you right. can expect a group of people who imperfectly will love you and care about you. The L for, uh, in life for life groups, the L stands for love people. Yeah. Now, of course we're talking the ideal. We yeah. want people to love people. We all do it imperfectly, right? We're, yep. None of our groups are going to be perfect. There may be someone in there that, um, you know, we don't get perfectly along with. That's because it's people. Yep. Uh, but God made us to to be with all sorts of people, mm-hmm. right? Not I just agree. the ones who fit us perfectly. Um, so, but there should be people in there that are aspiring to love people. So, yep. good word. All right, anything else y'all want to add? Hey, so we're going to take a week break after this, after finishing a strong This Is Us series and uh, church emphasis. So we hope you've enjoyed that. If you've been able to go through, if you haven't, go back. You can listen to those podcast episodes anytime. Um, But we're going to take a week break and we'll have a a special episode. And then uh, we're going to go to a new format where we go to kind of an every other week type thing. There will be exceptions, of course. Uh, but we're going to do that to to try to make sure we get some content out there that uh, we want to we want it to be fresh, we want it to be good, and we're we're working on some stuff right now that uh, I think I think will be really beneficial to people. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about it. Well, thank you for listening to Faith in Real Life, and don't forget to subscribe and share with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And if you're in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, we'd love for you to stop by and visit one of our church services and a small group, which we call Life Groups, in person or online. You can find out all the details. Details about things happening in our church through social media and at fbcofound.org. That is fbcofound.org, and we'll see you next time.